being the parent of a teenager these days can be overwhelming sometimes, trying to guide them through that minefield of possibilities of, of bullying, alcohol, drugs, family breakups and et cetera, et cetera. It can be difficult. Melinda Hutchins battled and survived anorexia as a teenager. She feels strongly about helping both teenagers and their parents find their way through this maze of young adulthood. And we welcome her to Afternoons now. Hi, Melinda. Hi, Gillian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you with us. You had a pretty difficult time as a teenager. What were the big issues for you? Well, the big issues for me, I suffered anorexia as a teenager and I also self-harmed and suffered from depression during that time. So I'm very in touch with those feelings of helplessness and powerlessness and feeling alone and misunderstood. Now, having come through that and, and recovered from that, I'd chosen to turn that into something positive through sharing uh, my story and drawing out other teenagers' stories in the hope of helping as many young people and their parents as possible. What sort of support did you have at the time? Well, at the time, there really wasn't a lot around about anorexia, unfortunately, for my parents especially. So I basically just relied on my family and friends. And I found a therapist after going through about five that I felt safe enough with to open up and talk about all the things that were that I was struggling with and she helped me peel back the layers and get underneath what was motivating the behaviour so that I could then start to work through what my issues were and that's a very important part of actually being able to make a full recovery because it takes a lot of hard work and it's a lot of pain as well to actually you know unearth what's underneath there and and have to go through it all. There's so many things I think that teenagers go through as as well and even um even when they have the nicest parents, even when their upbringing has been has been fabulous, it doesn't necessarily protect you from some of the some of the the, the ways that you can go wrong, the the, the trip ups. Is there a, a common thread through through your experience and what you see other teenagers experiencing that that um, pushes them off the path? I think the common thread is having a very low self esteem, because when you have a low self esteem. Nobody can reach you. It doesn't matter what people say to you or how they try and help you unless you actually want their help in the first place or feel that you're worthy of it, then you know it's such a lonely place to be. And so I think that for a lot of teenagers, there's so much pressure these days. There's parental pressure and societal pressure and peer pressure. So I think that so many teenagers are so confused about who they are and what they want and they're given so many different messages in the media as well. So I think that for those teenagers that, that already have a poor self-image and a low self-esteem, it's really an uphill battle. And for their parents as well, I imagine. How, how do you get through? How do you advise parents to get to get through when when there's that much of a wall there? Well, the interesting thing is that some of the teenagers that I interviewed who were going through depression and anxiety and were self-harming actually said, I just want to know that mum and dad love me and are proud of me. And I, and I said to one teen, I said, well, don't your parents tell you that they love you? No, they don't. And I just want to hear it. And so I say to parents love unconditionally and I know that, that parents do I mean as a, I'm a parent myself of course you love unconditionally but you need to tell your child constantly and not only in words you need to show it as well and show up at sporting events be there for them take an interest in their friends take an interest in their talents and, and the things that make them happy and that 
automatically gives you a connection with your child. I also say it's so important to listen without judgment. And I think that it's it's so easy to get angry and say something like, you're an idiot, when it might be better to focus on the behavior instead and say something like, well, can you tell me what made you do that? So I think that there are different ways of communicating with teenagers. And I think it's a matter of learning the most productive ways to actually communicate on the level that your teenager feels safe enough to talk to you on. Very difficult uh, as a parent when it's your child and and they're your child, however old they are, I guess, when they're going through some of those things because it is so deeply fearful for yourself as well. It's very hard to get past that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when, when I had anorexia as a teen, it was a very difficult time for my parents, especially because I wouldn't talk to them. And when they tried to talk to me, I just closed the conversation down or I just hibernate in my bedroom. And looking back on that, I, I just, I really feel for them because they were trying to do the best thing that they could for me. And they were trying to show me love and I just shut them out. And a parent asked me recently, well, what, what do you advise, you know, in that situation when your child just shuts you out and they won't talk to you? And it's I so say, common as a teenager, isn't it? It's just almost so one common. of those things that defines those years. Absolutely. And this was true for me and true for a lot of the teenagers I interviewed is you're so angry at the world. You're so angry. And once the anger goes, then it's it's a cry fest. You just cry and just all these feelings come up. And that is when that is when I reached out to my parents. So I say, just have patience. Let them be angry. Let them throw things. Let them slam doors. Let them yell because there's going to come a time when that anger subsides and you get to the raw emotion. And it's during the time where the raw emotion that they need you. That's when they need you the most. Where do you, we're talking, if you've just joined us to Melinda Hutchins, she's the author of It Will Get Better, Finding Your Way Through Teen Issues. And Melinda had uh, an incredibly difficult time as a, as a teenager herself. Tell us about uh, self-harm. This, I mean, this strikes me as, as something that a lot of teenagers are dealing with or a lot of parents are dealing with with, with their kids more now that, that we didn't necessarily have back when when we were teenagers. What, why, why is this happening? Well, I think that in this day and age with self-harm, I mean, I said I self-harmed as a teenager, but it's, you're right, it's worse now because in a lot of schools, they actually say it's really cool and it's like it's become a cult, mm. a popular cult to join this this cult and, and to cut yourself and to show these scars. And I think that that's, we really need to raise awareness of the fact that this is, you know, this behavior is not okay. It's damaging. It's emotionally damaging. It's psychologically damaging. It's not cool. And that's what we need to change. I know that some people who engage in self-harming behaviors report that it becomes addictive. Um, it can become their main way to deal with emotional pain. And if they feel like they're unable to, to deal with pain in any other way, then this is what they're resorting to. So I think we need to raise awareness of other ways to deal with pain to help people who are self-harming realize that if they can vent their emotions in a different way, it's going to be more healthy for them. It's quite um, it's quite a, a frightening phenomenon. I'll just um, read from an ex- excerpt of one of the case histories that you talk about in your book. It's um, titled My Secret's Out. When I was 11, I told the school counsellor and she told mum and my secret was out. This is a, a girl who has been self-harming. But mum wasn't sure how to deal with it. She didn't know how to help. She was convinced hiding all the sharp implements in the house would stop me, but I found a way anyway. I used pins with coloured heads to prick my skin. I'd poke the scars or I'd scratch at 
at them or use nail clippers to take chunks out of the tops of my legs. Then I discovered razors. I'd remove the blades and use those. It's just quite horrifying, I think, for to know that th- this is a, a trend, not even necessarily a sign that um, that there's more going on. No, that's exactly right. And, and I also found that disturbing when I was interviewing teenagers, how many of them are actually self-harming? I, I was quite shocked. Uh, back when I was a teenager and I was self-harming, really anybody that I came across self-harmed, even when I was in hospital and I was surrounded by people who were suffering from depression, it, it wasn't one of those things that, that people really did a lot of but these days it seems to I think because it gets so much attention and another girl that I interviewed actually said she saw somebody trip over and cut themselves accidentally graze themselves on the knee and that person got all this attention and that's why she decided that she would start to self-harm because it's a cry for help it's saying look at me I'm in pain it seems to be the the teenage years, those those years when they they deliberately will will do everything they can to block you out. But perhaps that's the time they just most desperately need you to be there as as a parent. No, that's that's exactly right. And I think that there's it's easy to interpret that behaviour as go away and leave me alone, uh, you know. And, and then of course there's going to be a whole lot of animosity and anger and anxiety on the parents' part as well as a teenager, and that just escalates the situation. So, as I mentioned before. Sometimes just for a parent to step back, as hard as it is and as painful as it is to watch your child, uh, you know, going through an episode where they're slamming doors and they're ranting and they're raving, step back and just allow them to calm down and allow the anger to subside and step in when that raw emotional need arises because I guarantee it does. Melinda, thank you very much for talking to us about that today. It's a fantastic book and it does it does deal with some very confronting issues, but there are issues a lot of teens experience nowadays and a lot of families and has also got some really positive advice for, for helping everyone through it. Thanks again. Thanks, Gillian. Melinda Hutchins, the author of It Will Get Better, Finding Your Way Through Teen Issues on Afternoons.